0: This Gospel message is brought to you by the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Blessed be the name of this King of Israel, the ruler over the whole universe, our strength. Blessed be your name, O God, hallelujah é que diz give you honor. Oh, for a thousand tongues, my great Redeemer to praise. Accept our worship today. Let a memorial be raised for it in heaven. And look down from above and pour your blessing upon us. Let your word prosper this afternoon. Speak to us. Change us. Bless us. Fix us. Just fix us, Lord. Just sort us out by your power. And let your name and your name only be glorified. Mighty God, we thank you. To you you be the honor and glory. In Jesus' marvelous name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you. Washington, wonderful. Thank you. Come on, let's put our hands together as we sing now majestically. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Good afternoon once again, everyone. Nice to see you all. Seems I'm the only one that is nice to see you. Nice to see you, all. ah. Even if we are fighting, I'm on the pulpit now. Come on, Amen. 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 Tell your neighbor, God is, God is in control. See, when we come to the house of the Lord, it's a place of joy, a place of freedom, a place of victory. Tell your other neighbor, God is in control. God is in control. Yes, indeed. He is in control. Amen. Just for the next few minutes, I will share from the scripture with us, and I pray that the Lord will bless the words on our hearts in Jesus' name. Please turn with me to Genesis chapter 9, sorry, chapter 3, and I read verse 9. Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. Then the Lord called to the man, where are you? <laughs> then the Lord called to the man, where so, what is the title of our message this morning to the afternoon? Where are, you? are you sure? Yes, sir. <laughs> it's an easy one. Amen. Yes. Where are you? And because of time, I will also subtitle it two, two, two. Uh-huh. I don't want you to keep guessing. We won't leave here today. Two, two, two. And put two in between. The reason being that the whole sharing will be based on binary choices. (laughs) Meaning there are only two kinds of people that can ask you that question, where are you? There are only two choices of answers you have. And there are only two ways you should respond even with the answer that you have. Amen. So, that's what without any further ado that we will quickly unpack in the next few minutes and then we turn on to the Lord. There are two kinds of people who can ask you that question. Number one, it could be the enemy that is asking you that question. And number two, it could be a friend that is asking you that question. When the enemy asks that question is to tempt so that he may destroy. When the friend asks that question is to test so that he may restore. The enemy asks to tempt so that he may destroy. And the friend asks the question so that he may restore. In the test that we had, we know that it was a friend that was asking Adam and his wife that question and the purpose was for restoration. So, let's look at why the enemy asked that question and for the purpose why he asked. Because you need to know the difference between the two or else the ultimate outcome will not be what one had desired all along. In fact, that was what happened to this particular couple because they spoke or they handled it differently with the right people, they should have handled it with the handle, the question with the enemy in the wrong way, and they handled the question with the friend in the wrong way. All right? So, how did they miss it with the enemy? In Genesis chapter three, verses one to six, essentially what the devil was doing was asking them where they were. They didn't know that's what he was asking. He came unto them and said, "As God not said? And in the midst of all that, he was checking them out whether they knew exactly what God said unto them or what was their attitude, what was the position they were occupying in relationship to what God is saying. And folks, that is the question that we all answer every day of our lives. When we come across people, they ask us the question, let me check you out, where are you in this matter? Whenever relationships are fought between people, I believe even in this church this morning, into the afternoon, people are here to probably ask me a question without saying it like, where will we find out where this man is on this issue or not? It's all about where are you? And so, the knowledge of knowing how to handle how are you, where are you is paramount to our success and to failure, which I praise not our portion in Jesus' name. John chapter 10 verse 10, for the enemy, the enemy cometh not, to, not but to steal, to kill, and to that's his proud. First Peter chapter 5 verse 8, be sober be vigilant for your enemy goes about like a rally lion. first Peter chapter 5 verse 8 seeking whom he may devour and there are people outside there they are trying to check you out where are you on the matter so that they can jump in and deal the blood unto you but in the name that's above all names you will know the difference yeah. you will not fall for their trap yeah. Jesus knew the difference that's why he succeeded the Pharisees will come out and they will check him out Essentially, what they were saying, Jesus, where are you on the issue of divorce and remarriage? Jesus, where are you on the issue of swearing? Jesus, where are you on the issue of forgiveness? But he never missed anyone. He that would always say he knew what was in their heart. You know what? From today, you will learn to know what is in people's hearts. Yeah. Do you know it's possible? Oh, you go for an interview, and there's a man that has made up his mind to work completely against you, God can give you a revelation. When he's about to ask you a trick question, before he did that at all, you have been praying and said, Lord, that man will stammer when he's asking that question. Lord, raise another help for me. There have been interviews before that people have gone to that the other interviewer is the one that is asking the question for the interviewee because you are able to discern who actually is the one that is checking you out. Of course, if it is your friend that is checking you out, you're in a good place. Hallelujah. Because your friend's purpose is to test you so that he may do what? Restore you. Genesis chapter 22 verses 1 to 8. When supposedly God tested Adam, he knew Abraham. He knew Abraham would pass. May God have confidence in you and I. It's the greatest thing that can happen. He said, I know him that he will command his family to be after him. He said, go and try Job. I know I w- Job will stand. On top of that, anyhow, is that somewhere along the line they enter into an agreement with God, they enter into a relationship with God we God said, No matter what, the enemy won't destroy you. Oh, may that be the agreement between you and God. <laughs> yeah. You know, those that stand to the end that they do well and they succeed, it's not because they are necessarily better than you. They only have access to God's help more than you do. Learn that today. Never is that's why if you don't know any verse of the Bible, repeating that over and over again because I'm turning all lies onto Jesus. I'm telling everybody to look unto Jesus. Stop looking at yourself. Stop looking at your pastor. Stop looking at your friends. Stop looking at people. Look unto Jesus. That's why John 15 verse 5 must be your memory verse. He said, If you abide in me and I in you, he said, what did he say? Yes, I'm divine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me will abide and I in them will produce much fruit. Isn't it? Mm-hmm. For without me, you do hallelujah. And never you forget as well, the book of Philippians chapter 2, I think verse 13, which says that it is God who works with us both to will and to do. But God can get a person to the point in which he has absolute confidence in you. The way to get there is that you obey him in little things. You keep obeying him in little things, and he will help you, and you find yourself in such a place that people say, help, help This wind blew on somebody else. That's what he says in Mark, Matthew chapter chapter seven. He said that the rainfall, the, the flood came and the house stood, because it's founded on a rock. Hallelujah. So, back to what we are talking about today. Hallelujah. So, it is known that when the enemy comes, he wants to help you not to destroy you. What are the two choices of answers that you have? The shorter that I have. What are the two choices of answers? Even when somebody says, where are you? What are the two choices that are available for your answer? One, I am at X, Y, Z. Agreed? Yeah. And two, I don't know. Good. Those are the two answers. Any other answer you can think of? Oh, right. huh? <laughs> I don't want to tell you. No, that is point number three, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that is the second, the third part. That is, your answer, you know it. But the question is that how do you then give the answer? Uh, you are correct. You are correct. I know where I am, but I'm not going to tell you. Fine. And if I you are preempted <laughs> you are preempted the teaching already. I'm at XYZ. Where are you? I'm at here i am I there. But the first question I will then ask you again is that how do you know where you are? Have you been lost before? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, when we first moved to the new development in West Hill, I became a sat-nav. Because it was not on, on uh, navigation at that time. So, they would get somewhere, they get lost. Unfortunately, I myself, I didn't know the landmarks. So they will say, I'm on broadshade crested now. Believe me, I didn't know what broadshade crested were. So I will say, Where are you? I will be so confident and they tell me, I say, Well, I don't know myself. But I had to learn to be able to help them. So the first thing that will help you to know where you are is what I call landmarks. They are fixed structures. If you're directing somebody here and they're standing in front of Annan house or standing in front of Fountain of Love, I say, look around you, what can you see? When I say, I could see a neon light say Fountain of Love. Okay, no, I know where you are now. Now, you go straight ahead and turn right or turn left. Because of a truth, you are using a landmark to guide them. Also, you can use a landmark to know where you are in your own life as well. And the greatest and biggest of all landmarks is the word of God. It does not shift. Jesus Christ said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but not a tittle or a jot of my word will pass. That landmark is so solid <laughs> that sometimes you wish some of the things that are there are not there. Have you been there before? You wish this is not a scripture, but you can't change it. You need to conform. Proverbs 22, verse 28. He said, Do not remove the ancient landmarks that your fathers have put there. The easiest way to know where you are on any issue is to use your life to measure with the word of God. If, if you are in it, you know that you are on the way. If you are out of it, you know you have taken the wrong turn. And so, that is central to our journey in life. Where are you on gossip? Where are you on hatred? Where are you on unforgiveness? And if anyone were to ask whether a friend, where are you on love? Maybe you haven't dreamed well in that. Where are you? On giving. Maybe you are dream very well. Or you need to know, just look at the landmark, look at the sign, what is the sign saying? Maybe in a particular verse of scripture, it will tell you clearly where you are. Number two, thing you can use to know where you are, are what I call shifting signs or objects. Moving signs or objects. For instance, again, when I moved to another part of town, and, um, look and people will ask me, ask me and say, where are you? And I may not know where I was and, you know, I, I start looking around and I say, well, I say so much of trees and Tad Road. There, there's an inside joke, you know, between <laughs> in our house, you know, and that inside joke is that, you know, just to tell you that what you can call landmark can sometimes not fully help you. Um, uh, and, and so, my wife will ask me, where am I? I would say where um, I could see tarmac and I could see white lines. Very helpful. (laughs) So, what I said to my right, there are a lot of trees and (laughs) but on that same road, there will be occasions when at a certain time of the year, some whiff will blow of manor. So, if I have said those things, And if I were to help and I said, and the person knows very well, I said, well, I can smell some not very pleasant smell from this area. Almost definitely I know that exact area in my locality where that happens. What does that tell you in practical terms? You might think you are okay until God brings somebody to your life temporarily. And that's when you will know you have not fully overcome anger. So when you say, oh, no, I don't even know where I am. Wait, God will let you know. I don't know. Lord, I think I'm even okay. Well, when you face a particular thing that is temporary and it will go away, God has sent people to your life to check you out. Just to let you know where you are. And don't despise them. Everybody's a champion until you are checked out. You know, <laughs> we were having a meeting not long ago, and one of the persons that's a, a parish pastor is pastor in one of our churches. She said something, and I think it flew over the head of many people. He said, it's so easy when you're outside of it to say how it should be done. It's when they gave you the rein of the horse. That's when we know whether you will gallop or not gallop. It's when they give you the steering wheel. Everybody, look, I tell you, if I play against um, mercy today, I will score. Where I'm sitting on my sofa. Everybody is a superstar until you face it. And so, God will bring situations to our lives that will tell us exactly where we are. Don't despise them. I used to think that I'm a very patient person until I've seen people that tested that patience. You might think you're a humble person until somebody poked their finger right in your face. Right in your eye. What am I talking about? Where are you? It's a question you are answering every day. May you answer it where? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And the answer is either directly from the word of God or from people around you whom God will use to let you know exactly where you are. Number three area or way you can know where you are is by somebody who is with you telling you where you are. I try when I travel not to be the one saying where if we've missed our road to say turn this way, turn that. Because when you are wrong, uh, they say where you are, the one that has misled us. So I tend to keep my mouth short. Let's be let's let's both be properly, you know, wrong. Then we can then decide the next line of action. That next line of action is our joint responsibility. It's got nothing to do with me. There are many nodding heads. I think you've been there before. You say, now nah, we are late. But you say we should turn this. Way. No, no, no. We are not turning anywhere. We keep going until we are properly lost. <laughs> and then we can say, where do we turn? Because sometimes as you are traveling, places may look familiar that are not. You say, well, I think that's way." Sometimes we say you're so more committed. Let's turn there. That's the way we are. And you turn and you find out. But thank God for the one who knows the way very well. It's called the Holy Spirit. He doesn't fear telling you because he knows. I fear because I don't know. And also because I don't know. And you also, you are not particularly, you are human. Let me put it nicely. Because even if I don't know, if I mislead you, at least the man gave a suggestion. He had good idea. We might be his own function like that because we must pass blame. But thank God for the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16 verse 13. He said, when the spirit of truth will come, it will lead you into all the truth. So, it will tell you where you are. Now, where you are is not about saying you are not doing well because I will conclude with that. Maybe you're already shifty, You're already concerned. Ah, okay, pastor. I don't know. Where you are does not always mean that because God can be telling you that you are bigger than you are and you don't even know you are bigger than you are. Because that's exactly what he was telling Psalms, uh, was named Gideon in Judges chapter 6, isn't it? He said, go in that your strength, O great man of valor. And the man said, great man of valor? He repeated the two verses later. I said, go in that strength, O great man of valor. So when God is asking you where you are, he wants you to be sure where you are. Not necessarily that he wants to mislead you or want to castigate you. He just wanted you to get it right. And he does that all the time. When the Holy Spirit is with you, it will pinpoint clearly where exactly you are. Many have been misled simply because the enemy told them they are going the wrong way while they were going the right way. That is why it's not always negative things that are good. In fact, it's not all castigation from God, all castigation that are from God. Some people, they will sit on your neck, change this, move that, and God, he said, look, a little, he said, your gentleness has made me great. We don't become great because of God squeezing our necks. Oh, I'm not preaching heresy. You know where I'm I'm standing today? God has been exceedingly gentle with me. Do you know the first person that repeated that verse over and over until I went to study it? He had boy. He kept repeating your gentleness. He He will pause and say, hmm, your gentleness has made me great. Anyone that is rash and hard upon you most probably is not speaking with the spirit of God. The real people that God has sent into your life, they are gentle. They are caring. They are working with you. Will they tell you the truth? Of course they will tell you the truth in love. Will they sometimes really chastise you hard? Of course they will. But they will do information of love that will accept it. Some people, they will even say you are okay where you are, but you know there's no love in their heart. God bless Kule that led us in prayer this morning. You know, Dr. Kule was mentioning that the heart needs to change even before the culture changes. It's all about the heart. So we have this wonderful Holy Spirit always with us who can pinpoint where you are anybody knows anything about coordinates here? You know coordinates? Is this, is this particular assembly art slanted or science slanted? You think it's about half-half. But anything, I mentioned anything about maths, which I don't know much about myself. There are so many rolling eyes there. Does anybody know about coordinates? I want you to tell me yeah? coordinates. All right. For instance, what is the coordinate of this building? Coordinates is on the map. That is what, actually, coordinates is what the GPS uses. Okay, so what they do is that everything is like a grid. So, the latitude and the longitude. Thank you. So, where they meet is exactly where you are. So, for every place on the surface of the earth, there is a coordinate for it. And when I was checking that yesterday night, trust me, I spent another 15 minutes just wasting time. but not wasting time, but learning a few things. So, I checked 31 Palmerston Road, the coordinates of 31 Palmerston Road. You know where he gave me? It wasn't here. There was a brander on that side. Now, when human beings are leading you, they are, they, they are not as accurate in pinpointing where you are. They can give you a general idea. That's why the Holy Spirit is different. I beg of you, stop looking unto human beings. Look unto God. Let Him guide you. If I've achieved anything in this place, and I'm counting years I've been in this assembly great honor to have pastored this church for this many years. If I want to leave anything, they say he pointed us to God. If you want to write that on my epitaph, write that on my epitaph. My tombstone in the good time. It should be many years from now. I hope if Jesus didn't come before then. Just write, he pointed us to Jesus. That's all. Because it's accurate. Actually, the, coordinate, the closest coordinate for this place is Elster Road. But if I have got a more accurate GPS, it can give me the coordinate of where I'm standing now. The one I check about Easter Road is 57 points and then about six other figures after it to give me a rough idea of this whole area as a point in the heavenly places. But if you want where I'm standing now, it's probably we increase to about point six other points after that. Am I making sense? or making it too complex. So what I'm simply telling you is that when it is God that is leading you is more perfect and accurate and on point. And he's there to let you know exactly where you are. You will know where you are. Yeah. So you will not be running all over the place looking for solutions. Some are so close to their breakthrough. they left the place and they are chasing something in another place. Some should just be giving thanks because God has heard their prayers. but they then started on a long fast, not of Thanksgiving. Of intercession and pleading. It takes the spirit of the Lord to let you know where you are. And that's my greatest desire now that I will know exactly where I am. Number one, we said that there are only two personalities that can talk to you. You agree with me? Number two, we said there are only two answers that you can have. You agree? And number three, we say there are only two approaches to your response. Number one, approach to your response. And we will not talk about relatives here. we we'll go absolute. we we'll say it's either a friend or an enemy. And we'll talk about the friend and the enemy. Who is the friend? Thank you. Who is the enemy? So, very easy. So, rather than say anything between, we we'll go to the absolutes. And the friend Jesus, how do you respond when he's asking you where you are? Let's start with the enemy. If the enemy is asking you where you are, and he would do that, as I mentioned to you earlier on, through people through thoughts in your mind, checking out where do you really believe this issue of not stealing? It's checking you where you are. Do you really believe this issue of, you know, illicit sex? Is it really? Do you really believe this issue of same-sex relationships? You know, it it, it will check you out. All it's doing is, where are you? So, when he comes, as he came unto Adam in those days, what shall you do? Number one, you should not talk much. The only thing the Bible keeps telling us, when the devil comes against you, he says, we should say, get thee behind me, Satan. Don't dialogue with the devil. Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 4, the first temptation, he said, turn stone into bread, he said, the scripture says that thou shall love, what was the answer, what was I said? That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceed out of the mouth of God, from Jeremiah chapter 6, Jesus quoted there, Amen. And then, ex- number two, Jesus quoted. Number three, what was Jesus' answer? Get lost. Rather crude, rather hard, away with you. Most of the time, when these thoughts are coming, and the enemy is telling you you amount to nothing, because usually that's from the enemy. The enemy is telling you it's all over. The enemy is telling you, you know, go and do something that is unrighteous. Be quick to tell the enemy, get thee behind me, Satan. You can never win an argument with Satan he has been around longer than you do. The longer you hold the argument, the more likely you are to lose. Remember, he was an archangel and he knew many, many things that many of us don't know. Don't dialogue with the devil. He says, resist the devil and he will what? Submit to God. Resist the devil and the devil will what? He will run away from you. Number two, if you were to answer the devil at all, be very guarded and coy. C-O-Y, be very guarded and coy. Don't, don't, don't give the game away. Don't let the devil, and he probably most of the time cannot do much unto you until you are spoken it out. So you must learn how to be guarded and coy when you are dealing with the enemy. In conclusion, what do you do if it's your friend, the friend that is the one that is asking you where you are? allow him to search you. Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart today. Try me, and know my thoughts or my anxiety. My thought, verse 24. See if there is any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Open yourself to God and let him search the the deepest recesses of your heart. Number two. How you should respond when it is God that is asking you where you are. Adam did not do that. They were running. They should not run. They should have run to God. Number two, believe God's assessment. If he says you are near, you are nearly there, don't argue with him. Say yes, Lord. If he says you are a royal priesthood, say yes, sir. Joel chapter 3, verse 10. He said, beat your plowshare, Joel, Joel chapter 3, verse 10. Ble- beat your plowshare into uh, Joel, not John, Joel. Joel, chapter 3, verse 10. Beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears. Let the weak say, when God says you are strong, say, yes, indeed, I'm strong, O God. Number three, allow him to take you to your destination. Amen. Second Timothy, chapter 1, verse 12. The Lord will hold us by the hand. And he will take us to where we are going. Second Timothy, chapter 1, verse 12, please. For this reason, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him until he's able. And in John 21, verse 19, Jesus told Peter, he said, you just follow me. Conclusion, where are you? You may seem lost or confused, and the enemy has an idea where you are. He's never sure. He only has an idea. And he is willing to misdirect us, whichever place we are. But your friend knows. The devil has an idea, but your friend knows where you are. And he knows where you should be. You will need to put your hand into his hand today, and he will lead you home. If you wake up every day and see your life as a journey, am I moving closer to where God has for me? You might be turning up wherever you are working. It does not matter. It's still a journey. Or you might be in between jobs. It's still a journey. You might be a mom that is taking care of children at home. It's still a journey. And it is for you to put your hand into his arm and he will take you to where you should be. Hallelujah. Please rise up with me. And say one or two prayers. Hallelujah. Where are you? Don't rush to give an answer. Depend on him to guide you. And I ask you that question. Where are you? Are you in Christ? Let's start with that. How do I know if I'm in Christ? There's a certain landmark that says. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. And if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. All things are passed away. All things have become new. That one is a landmark. It is structure. So you can check whether you are in Christ or not. And so with all our eyes closed this afternoon and with all our hearts open unto the Lord in prayer this question it's a personal question. Where are you? Are you in Christ? adventure with at least one landmark that I've given you. One immovable object that I've shown you. That you can look around yourself and say, ah, where am I? Where am I? You know, uh, you look and that object is that word. If you know that you are not in Christ, God is the one that sent the question to you today. You will, you can, and you should, and you will, by the grace of God, be in Christ from today. Maybe you were, but you're no longer. Please, all eyes closed. Just want to identify if anybody wants to make that decision. You want to now be in Christ. Want you to lift your hand to the heavens? Got a few seconds to deal with that. And I want to pray specifically for you. Where are you? Are you in Christ? And if you are not in Christ, you should be. God's plan for you is that you will be. Then for the rest of us, or maybe you are in the house and you know, for some reason you are a little bit shy or well, I don't want anybody to know in your heart pray to God right now. Just say, Lord Jesus, I've been walking with you, but my work is slack now. It's not as tight. I'm too far from you. Oh Lord, take my hand today. Draw me close draw me close. As many, as I, any situation that we are warrant, warrant that prayer, please pray that prayer right now. And so, Lord, touch your people. Touch us this afternoon. And turn us to yourself. Thank you, eternal Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. We take one more prayer, but hallelujah. Uh, a few more prayers, actually. Hallelujah hallelujah Amen. hallelujah Amen. you are going places with Jesus Amen. by his mercy he will hold you by the hand and he will lead you there Amen. in the name of Jesus you won't die in the wilderness Amen. you won't start the journey and will be counted as one of the casualties Amen. he has promised he has never failed oh yes Lord lead us by the hand Every pit the enemy may have dug ahead of us, we command those pits to be filled up right now. So you will cry out to and say, Father, Father take, my take my hand and lead me into my destiny. Your heaven given destination, lead me there in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voices and call on the name of the Lord. Come on, pray, pray energetically, believing with all your hearts. Call on Him, call on Him, call on Him. Father, lead me, lead me, lead me, O Lord, into my destination. Father, lead me into my destination. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.